Hello everyone, welcome back. It's episode six and on tonight's instalment, we have Wembley favourite and female head coach Paris Laurie, who will take us through her football journey and how she got into coaching at amateur level. We go through all the scores and results over the weekend, plus some stories from the lower grades. This is the Perth Footy Podcast. Callum Wally, welcome back. Episode 6 of the Perth Footy Podcast. We're here at Pat Goodridge Reserve, home of the Wembley Magpies, and it's a beautiful club room we are in, Callum. Great um, spot, Jake. Great spot to play footy, especially, I reckon, the Wembley, all the Wembley footballers would love playing here, especially with this balcony. At the moment, we can hear the Colts in the background running around. They seem up and about at the Absolutely. moment. But it is a great spot to play footy. It is good to be here, and we are very grateful for being here, Jake. About a decade and a bit ago, I was playing uh, junior cricket here for, for Wembley Districts, and I tell you what, the, uh, the chain rooms back then were uh, not much. You are actually just... a pretty handy cricketer, though, weren't you, Jake? Yeah, could only uh, swing it one way, though. I could only go in-swing. Could never do an out-swinger. It is just a nice to have a change up from you know recording in your bedroom every week Jake so it's it really is. really I, good to yeah, get a little well, bit well no it's my living room it's not a, <laughs> it was a joke Cal doesn't go to my bedroom ta- you, don't to, you don't have to take that seriously but um <laughs> Cal, run us through on the weekend. Obviously, TA's had a really good win, but more so the siren session. That looked uh, absolutely elite, uh, mate. Unbelievable, Jake. Look, we were lucky enough to have the Carlton Dry siren session, so they set up in the pocket um, down one end. For our first ever night game at Bill Graydon, which was pretty special, it was pretty special to be a part of, it also coincided with four teams' premiership reunions from 2012. So you can imagine the boys getting there roughly around about midday and having a few uh, Carlton Drys throughout the day led to some... Some pretty good verbal in the in the last quarter, Jake. Um, mainly directed towards some Scarborough defenders. So I'm going to put, pump up a few guys here because I thought Harrison Court, Tom Willett, and Drew Kent they had to deal with a fair bit in that last quarter. But uh, well, whereabouts was it uh, positioned? At, at you know, Garden. you know where the uh, the batting cages are, just yep. in front of that that mate. So just down that end, it was uh, it was it was going off. It was pumping. We also put a little bit of little bit of extra extra dosh there for the Colties. So I think the Colties hang around after their game. So um, Jalen Colgate put in one of the more disgusting performances on Saturday night. But you know, some of these young boys they just they're just not ready for that sort of stamina type things, Jake. But it was a really good win by our boys, um, Harrison Court. Let me or reminded me that week a week is a long time in footy. Gave me uh, one of the the right old bars. So, so how many how many goals did you kick? I only got one kick this week. Jake, only one but, kick yeah, or one goal? I, did I not send you the video of that one? No, no. Uh, oh, I might have to show you that afterwards. That, I, I didn't a, have four J. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> nah, it was um. No, nah, I got a bit of a bath, mate. But we Scarborough came to play. I think we went down. We were down by three goals. I think it at halftime, but um, it was all us from then on. Probably got the rub of the green with a few umpiring decisions, but uh, no, nah, it was good, mate. It was um. Pretty special for the night for the club. Pretty special day, and everyone was up and about, as you can imagine, after after a good three victories on the day. So it was good, Mark. And uh, shout out to Mark Days, bagged five there in the A grade. Bag so. five, bagged five. He um he matched up on top of it. Alex Moreno was. And I need to pump him up. Alex Moreno was sensational. Probably stiff not to get the best on because I reckon he would have had about 20 intercept marks. And he's um, one of our regular listeners as well. And here. Jake, I think we need so to pump up more people more that are regular, yeah. regularly listening, you know, because I think... Because we've know, got two listeners because we always listen to it every week. <laughs> so three with, uh, with Moreno. So well done. Thanks to Miles. He did play very well on the weekend. Talk us through your game, mate. Uh, less said the better. We uh, we we lost uh, huge win for Kingsway. Huge though. win They're for Kingsway. Now. So They're they back. they got off the duck. Um, they they got their first win. Got to see my good friend uh, sixty six Moose. Um, uh, have a yarn to him out there, or just I, after the game? I had a yarn to him out there, mate. And no, he wasn't wearing his fluoro boots, but um, he he runs water 
the, the best hydration officer you'll get, I think, in the amateurs. Now, was there a bit of chirp coming to you, Jake, of lingering on top on the ground for too long as the runner? Yeah. I believe you meant to get out there, give the message, and then get off, mate. Like, yeah. That's just, I, look, I'm just. Look, there was a few choice words from a, from a couple of supporters. I was lingering around a contest <laughs> trying to get a touch, probably. It's, it's nice being out on the field again. So, um, no, I was trying to deliver a message, and it was kind of one of those ones that was bobbling around, and there was a couple of stoppages, and I couldn't quite get the message because um, there was no sort of break in, in play for me to do it. And uh, one of the supporters kindly said, I should uh, quickly get off the oval. Um, this is obviously a PJ podcast, so no, we I might. Um, to the, can the I go line. early with my tweet of the week too, Jake? You this can. This one's mate. from Dozuli, Dozuli twenty three. I'm not sure who that might be. I'm assuming it's a Kingsway supporter. Jake Colvin is wearing a visor when running. That hasn't been since, seen since the early noughties. Did he have his chain necklace on also? So, are you wearing a white visor? I've yeah, heard, so while we're running. Yeah, uni uni merch. We got we got some white visors in. You know, the, the preseason sort of special. And um, I'm a huge fan of Craig Mottram, the the <laughs> middle distance runner. Um, so I thought I'd I'd, I'd you know put that on and um, Sunsmart. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll let that go, Jake. Yeah. I'm not sure about the visor while well, you're running. Well, you, you, you wear zinc in probably like 20, 20 degrees. Oh, that is true. So let's not both, talk about We are um, both individuals. Look, Cal, we could keep uh, rambling on for a long time. As we but, always do. As we always do. But we've got a very special guest here, and, and I'd like her to welcome her to uh, the podcast. Her, her podcast debut, um, I know you've been on the, the Eagles one before, Paris, but welcome to the Perth Footy Podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. And you've just been waiting to, uh, to jump in and probably take Cal down a few notches because you've known Cal for a fair while. Um, That's never good. Been waiting years. I was going to say. So feel free. You've got complete reign to um, throw a bit of... Oh, it's pretty rich from you, Jake, after she's watched you three times cook the intro there, mate. But anyway, <laughs> Paris, we do thank you for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. Now, your pathway to footy, not the most conventional one, as has been the case for a lot of women's footballers coming through. But talk us through. You are born and bred from Denmark and... Jake, dare I say it, from one of the best families, I think, in the world, uh, the Laurie family. But talk us through your story, the influence of your brothers and your mum and dad, but also, like, I know basketball's in there as well. So feel free. This is your time. You can talk about yourself, and we are not, we don't shy away from talking about ourselves on the podcast. <laughs> okay, um, No, I started off um, playing when I was a little kid and played with the boys up until I was about 13. Um, when I turned 13, they sort of kicked me off the team. It could have been because I kicked it out in the fall to get into the grand final, but it could have been because I turned the age of 13. So we'll take the age, I think. Um, but yeah, and so then I turned to other sports and started playing footy and uh, sorry, started playing basketball and netball and things like that. And so footy was just in the kitchen with um, brothers and dad after that, really. Um, and then, yeah, I followed the basketball pathway, um, moved up to Perth to play um, SBL and um, go to uni and all that sort of stuff but uni games brought me back to footy and um, yeah I mean it wasn't a sober week but it was a good week of footy. But yeah so then after that I fell in love with the game again continued my basketball for a little bit but got sick of sitting on the bench and warming that up for the girls so I decided to switch across to footy and haven't really looked back. Uh, went down to Claremont because obviously Jesse played down there and um, got the same number on my back as him. So I uh, tried to follow in his footsteps, except not get injured every second weekend. <laughs> He's so got a few <laughs> hamstring issues, <laughs> Jesse. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, from there on, pretty much just went into the draft. Didn't get picked up at first. 
trained on for Frio and then was lucky enough to get picked up the following season. And then, yeah, the rest is history, really. And now you're at the Eagles, obviously. Last couple of years, we won't spend too much time in here. We don't want to make it an Eagles thing. But last couple of years, yet to taste final success, I believe, at the Eagles. But how are they looking moving forward, Paris? Like, And they do call you Pazanui down there, don't they? They do. Well, a couple do. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I've ruined that for me, though. <laughs> um, yeah, look, wooden spoon, the year just been. So, I mean, that's not great. But hopefully, I mean, all that can be is up from there, isn't there, right? Yeah. So... Um, the pretty most, much. That's the most positive way to look at it, Paris. Pretty much where um, we're just hoping to improve from there. Um, you have one of the great uh, Instagram handles I've seen, um, Paris Laurie, aka French Truck, which I think's incredible, uh, incredible Instagram handle there. Um, what sort of brought you down to, I, I know you've had uh, a few ties with the Wembley Football Club through friends um, and whatnot down here. What sort of brought you into the coaching side of things? Because um, you're obviously very busy in season when it's AFLW, but is it just more so because you had friends down here or you want to sort of to get into the coaching side of things? Yeah. Uh, can I just ask, did you get French trucks straight away? Did you understand it? Yeah. Paris, French. I had no idea. French part and, and then Laurie. And then Laurie's yeah. a, is a truck. truck. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I thought it's because you're like a ruck in Paris French. <laughs> oh, okay. No, Jake. It's <laughs> not the worst guess. It's definitely not the worst I've heard. Yeah. Cows were probably worse, but. I actually think that's a good guess, but whatever, cow. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, good work, Mark. Um, but yeah, I actually just came down for the social side, to be honest. So last year I came down, my housemate was playing. She said, do you want to be our water runner? And I said, why not, as long as I get a ticket to Ladies' Day and the rest. Um, and then I came down, they said, do you want to be our runner? I said, okay, while well, I'm down here. And then led into forwards coach. And then at the end of last year, uh, they asked me if I wanted to be head coach. Uh, and the group was great, loved it, and thought, why not, I'll continue on. Um, and I've actually really enjoyed it this season and so far. It's been really good and obviously we've been super successful, so that helps. And what, what would you say would be the, the number one thing you, you bring from the, the AFLW background? Um, you, you probably don't want to always come down here and, and, and say, look, I've played AFL, I know how to do all the, the right things. But, I, I mean, have you brought down certain things that you've learnt from coaches, not necessarily at the Eagles and Freo, but previous coaches have you had in, in your lifetime? Yeah, for sure. And I always steal drills from um, the trainings that we do and things like that. But I think only having played footy for the last five years – um, just helps in understanding where those girls are coming from that are coming from different sports. So I've done the exact same pathway. So I think it helps that I understand where they're coming from and what helped me transition is going to help them transition. So I think that's probably been my best asset for them. I think being a teacher as well, Paris, probably coaching is probably a natural thing for you. But it's funny you should mention, you know, five years. I mean, even in that short amount of time, women's foot is changing every year. I mean, what's been the biggest, I, I guess, difference that you can see already that's going changing from year to year because even five years ago I mean we speak about this quite regularly Jake about you know how many teams are going growing every year in the Perth Football League but it's only going to get better like what what are you seeing most and what what do you like in the changes first and foremost yeah I think in those first years it was sort of if you could play footy then you were you were picked but it didn't really matter about fitness or athleticism and things like that and don't get me wrong there was girls that were fit and athletic in that year but then it sort of turned to them being all about the the athlete and if they were, you know, came from athletics and they were super fit and could jump and things like that, then you made it. But then now we've, we're sort of coming to um, have a combo of both, which is why you're seeing such an improvement in the in the footy um, that's being shown and even down in the lower levels as well. But I think the amazing thing is just how many little Auskick teams that are popping up yeah, everywhere absolutely. and how many girls are now coming from footy to play their netball games and things like that. So I think that's just the growth there that's amazing. So how are the chick pies looking though, Paris? Is that that they are the chick pies they down are the here? Chick so pies. I don't believe there's no 
no numbers in the L column just yet. Is that correct? No, not yet. Yeah, so Don't things must be now, going. Though. Yeah, things must be going pretty well. Who's who are your superstars? Who are your players? And who are ones to watch for the future? Yeah, it's tough. We've got uh, new ones each week, but um, I think you guys have met, uh, mentioned a couple in the past. But um, Megan Kaufman, um, we've got a few girls coming through that haven't even played before. So um, Caitlin Vellalonga. Then we've got um, Maddie O'Regan. She kicked four goals a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Weekend, yep. Tristan Ogonoski, um, my housemate Sarah Kosh, pretty good. Um, Did she tell you to give her? Sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah, she yeah, get an she automatic did. game because she's your housemate? <laughs> yeah, well, it depends how she's at home to me. Yeah, if she pays <laughs> pays a rent on time, then she gets a gig, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, but then we've got some some veterans coming down as well. So we have got Amy Lavelle who used to play for Frio. Mm. We've got uh, Adele Coxall who's the um, partner of um, uh, Turbo, who's like the greatest. Oh. AFL play, AFLW player in WA, yep. probably in Australia. Um, so, yeah, we've got some experience down there as well, which is outstanding. And, um, yeah, it shows out there as well, just teaching the other girls and things like that. But the chick pies are rolling along nice at the moment. Really good nickname as well. And from all, all reports is uh, the club's really, like, adopted that, um, the girls' program really well. It's, um, I think, it's the third year? Is second. It? Second year. So second year of the, cl- uh, of the girls' program and... I say it all the time. Tumble Tech writes into the uh, the podcast every week, and he loves the loves the uh, the chick pies. And it's really good to see you get a good backing from from the male cohort. I think there's five male teams um, in there as well, so you've got a lot of backing. And I think I saw your ladies' day under the sea themed um, yeah. last weekend, and a big can bar, and um, looked like a, a really really good event. And I think the club culture seems to be really good um, where it needs to go. Yeah, I do. I have to say that as probably the best club I've seen for integrating or for bringing in the women and really making them feel welcome. And it's probably why we had such an influx in numbers coming into this year, um, nearly getting two teams up. And, uh, yeah, it's just the, the boys and the way they interact with the girls and doing, you know, uh, warm-ups together and things like that. But, yeah, it's a really good club. How many that. girls do you have in your squad? I think we have reg- uh, registered just under 50. Yeah, Wow. So how does selection go from week to week, Mark? Yeah, it's actually been all right because COVID has done a number <laughs> on us. Um, but now, just like coming down to training tonight, there was probably double the amount I was expecting because everyone's immune now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting the next few weeks. But in saying that, I'll just try and be strategic of when we've got games that hopefully we can sort of um, go into, hoping that we'll, we'll do all right, that I can sort of um, juggle girls around a little bit easier. What would you say five years ago to now um you were at claremont i think five five years ago there so what would you say the thing you've learned the most as an only like a, a player and, and now coach in this five-year span of of being involved in football and sports what would you say the biggest takeaway for you has been as a player coach yourself uh probably um myself and then seeing the the girls that play for chick pies is just the enjoyment and how much more you get out of a player if they are having a good time at the club um i think yeah, watching the other day or on Saturday just been um, – just seeing how many girls had a smile on their face while they were playing and things like that. Like I know for myself that if I'm not having a good time or I don't like the people I'm playing with, then you're not going to get the best out of me. So I think just having that culture that's really strong has helped the girls a lot. I think they just feel a lot more comfortable to play and that's really important for females when they're playing sport or doing anything that they feel comfortable and that they belong in that space. Um, so I guess, yeah, for a female side of things, that's probably the thing that I've learnt. Absolutely. And, and your – Although depending what happens with the AFL in terms of the season four, um, the AFLW when it's when it's going to start again. If has it gone to a winter sort of end of August start, end of yeah. August start. So that'll be a little bit different um, to what you've experienced before. Are you 
look, uh, looking forward to the, the next AFLW season. Anything we need to watch out for um, going with the Eagles this year? Uh, I don't know. I think I think there'll be quite a few girls that we pick up in the draft. Uh, it'll be definitely a different draft coming so soon in comparison to when we thought it would be and whether girls can be, get picked up because of their, of their age now. Um, but I think, yeah, keep an eye out for some more experienced girls that we pick up. And But I think there'll be quite a few changes amongst all teams, which will probably even out the playing field a little more with all the expansion teams coming in. Beautiful. Well, I think that's all the time we've got for in terms of your interview part. Uh, We're going to have a quick break and then we're going to jump into Where's Wally. Where's Wally? Where's Wally? Did you say him? Where's Wally? Paris is sticking around, Jake, which I'm pretty excited about because it is time for Where's Wally, Paris. This is, you know, it's probably everyone's favourite segment behind Wally Box and considering we're going to have two segments, so it's pretty, it's right up there, mate. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to get you to kick us off. Can you talk us through your game on the weekend? How were the Chick Pies? Who were your best players? And, and what did you like as the coach? Yeah, Chick Pies were pretty good on the weekend. It was Ladies Day slash Blue Magpie oh, Day yeah. here. Um, and monster win, 122-point win wow. against Kenwick, which was a pretty Jeez. outstanding effort, yeah. Um, so... We had an absolute brick wall down there in Adele Coxall. I didn't, I didn't see anyone get through it and literally couldn't get it, get past the 50. So they only scored one goal against us um, and I think she must have been off on the bench at that time. Uh, but she was outstanding. Uh, Amy Lavelle was kicking goals with her back to goal, oh, uh, doing just spectacular things play, like Amy that. Amy Lavelle, Jack. Very good left boot. We've mentioned her twice, I think, on the podcast. She's getting, so she's she's getting, getting three, a heap of mentions. She's, she's reaching the Nathan Hanson territory. We've got to be careful there. But, yeah, we even had some new girls. Um, Lucy Houghton playing in our midfield has possibly a broken pinky toe. Still came through and just outstanding in uh, reading the play, intercepting, things like that. But our, our mid-to-forward connection was was really good on the weekend. And uh, like we said before, Caitlin Vallelonga um, kicked four on the weekend, which Ooh. was outstanding as well. But they shared it around um, and just a huge effort from all of them. It was a great day. Sitting pretty at the top, but it would have been a tough drive for the Kenwick girls down the link there. That's um, it's almost down. It's hard yakka going out there, especially after a what was that a hundred point loss? That's not what you want. Anyway, Jake, I'm going to go. There's a couple of games that caught my eye on the weekend. I'm going to start with the B grade, which you guys are in the B grade, aren't you, Paris? Correct. Yeah. So I've picked out one first win of the year for the Willerton girls, eight nine fifty seven. They defeated Nolamara six seven forty three. First win, as I said, Jake. Weren't they up and about afterwards? Um, it's great to see their persistent paying off. Just want to mention Beck Thomas Thompson, sorry, Beck Thompson, who also plays basketball for the Willow Tigers. Paris Laurie type, actually. There we go. She's been Willow's best for all three games she has played. She's a superstar. Beck's GF Hope also runs around the middle with her, and she was awesome on the weekend. Gabriella Radakovic, I hope I've pronounced that right. She's from East Fremantle. Can play. She's kicked a couple. Huge addition to the team. And Jess Norday, she's kicked another two. And I think she averaged two averages two goals a game over her 20 games or close to 20 games that she's played for Willow, Jake. She they was are pretty good, good last year. They are good numbers for a forward, Jake. If you're averaging two goals a game, you have to be pretty good. So congratulations to the Willow girls. Really, really good to see a little, a little win for them. I'll transition into the A grade, Jake, because I have to mention this game. The grand final reunion. Piara Waters, 4-5-29 reunion. Grand final rematch, I should rematch, have said. Yep. There we go. Well there's, my, there's my Jake Colvin mistake for the day. PR Waters, 4-5-29, defeated by Curtin Uni-Wesley, 9-8-62. Curtin Uni-Wesley, once again, getting the chockies, but also just giving the competition a reminder about who the champs are, who the reigning premiers are, and they're not ready to relinquish their titles just let. 
Firstly, I want to congratulate Caitlin Hoy, two-time BNF winner, three-time premiership player. She is the first woman at Curtin Uni Wesley to play 50 games. Clink, clink. What a career she's had already, Jake. That's exciting for her, but also, you know, who knows what can come if she keeps um, going the way she's going. Look, Wesley Curtin started really well. I think they kicked the first three. It was all them in the first quarter. Bit of a tussle in the and a momentum swing in the second, but just on the eve of half time, PR Waters, I think they caught, missed a costly one just on the goal line there, Jake, and it might have just been enough for Curtin Uni Wesley to come out after half time. It was all them from then on end. Uh, their ball movement far too slick. Uh, Hoy was awesome at half forward, so the fact she's won three premierships, she's a two time BNF winner, and she's spending time at half forward, she's making a mockery of the graveyard, Jake, so we've got to sort that out. Erin Armstrong was BOG on the weekend. I believe they call her Silk or Silky, so that's. That's awesome for her. And Hannah Clooney was also instrumental. So, Curtin Uni Wesley, Jake, I believe uh, we're, no, there's no real surprises there, but they just seem to be getting it done week in, week out. Cal, before we go over to the, the men's games, I think this is uh, worth mentioning because I sent this to you uh, a couple of hours ago um, as we're sort of doing our, our very thorough prep that we do every week. All day. Um, all day, as well, we're texting all day. Um, I thought this was an error, and I've been confirmed that this isn't an error on the ladders. So An error? This is not an error. So someone sent through the CTF, or Harry Beaton is one of our very loyal listeners as well. So CTF, uh, the, the C5 women. So he sent me the ladder. So Bass and Dana <laughs> on top. They've had a, a really good start to the year. How many so wins? How many wins? They've had got? three wins. Three wins. So they're three and oh, that's good. Their percentage is 39,300. <laughs> <laughs> so you would think that's, that's an assistant error. Something would have to go categorically wrong or catastrophically wrong. <laughs> for them to be nudged out of the top four by percentage, wouldn't it? So round one, they've won 16-11-107 to a solitary point. Then they've won 26-6-162 to zero. And then they've won 19-10-124 to zero. So they've had one point scored uh, against. Um, so they'd be, they'd be f- what happens, uh, If that point doesn't go through, they don't have a percentage, do they? I don't know. Well, I'm not I'm a mathematician, sure. man. No, I'm that's not, how I'm it works, mate. Because all the points for and then yeah. and none against, Jack. So that's uh, incredible. I, I that thought is that, the, that was is a, probably the largest percentage I've ever heard for this stage of the season. Ever. So, so it'll be it'll be pretty tough to keep that up all year. I, I think thirty nine thousand three hundred is a is a tough uh, percentage to, to keep going. But look, all the best to them, and and let's hopefully they don't get too many more points uh, scored again, and that can stay as it is, Cal. Good pump up, Jake. I'm going to go. Only two games for me in our Where's Wally update for the men's. Got to go to B grade, Jake, because this would have been the game of the round, I reckon. Baldivis, 10 11 71, defeated Mount Lawley. Oh, defeated by Mount Lawley, 10 15 75. We will talk about these teams in September, Jake. Mark my words, all right? We've said this. We've slept on Mount Lawley early. They're going to be a good side, but Baldivis are also very strong. Mount Lawley came up pretty hard, rose to the occasion, kicked four to start the game, but then Baldivis clawed their way back. And then from then on, it was pretty much two goal runs for the rest of the game. Mount Lawley managing to hold on. Huge result. It gets them up and about. Gives them that, those well-needed bragging rights for later in the season. Jake, I'm going to mention Luke Van Gent. Or Luke Van Gent. I hope I've pronounced that right. On debut for Mount Lawley. Guess who he was sent to? Who do you think he was playing on for Baldivis? Probably a guy that we mention very regularly on this podcast. Oh, Can play forward. Um, Blaine Johnson. Yeah, he's like South Freo Carlton. Yep. Thank you, Jake. Blaine Johnson. On debut, Luke's gone to play on Blaine Johnson and kept him goalless. 
So for your first game for the football club to do that to such a good player, who we know Blaine Johnson's a superstar, that is massive. But they had contributors. It was a team effort from Mount Lawley. Josh Laddams was awesome in the ruck. Julian Amaduri can play. Hit a heap of it in the midfield. And Steele Kay, who was the pick of the Mount Lawley forwards. Kicking two in the process. Huge mental win for Mount Lawley. Going to mention Nathan Blee as well, the old-timer. Good to see him running around there too. Complete team performance. We'll, inter- we'll be interested to see how bad Ivers go next week when they bounce back. Really efficient, Cal. Thanks, Jake. Again, two and two. Um, as always, we appreciate your work. I've got one more. You got I've, one got, more? Got, I've got one more. You got one more? I'm going a bit rogue with this one too. All right. I hope you don't mind. Okay? Hit us. Because I reckon, you know, I had a, I had a podcast favourite last year, Jake. You did. <clears throat> yep. And I, I do love my Basso boys. I'm going a bit rogue with this one because I'm going to the A reserves. Bassendine, 9761 defeated Curtin Uni Wesley, 8-10-58. It's one of the great upsets. That is... No, that's 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 David versus Goliath stuff. That is just that's massive. And I know we've got some podcast faves down at Wesley Curtin. There's a couple of boys that run around the twos. They'll be flat about hearing this, but I just have to mention this game because this is a remarkable victory. So Wesley Curtin and the reigning premiers, they're up against Basso. They've struggled this year. I think Basso will admit they're that Jake. They've Basso have come off a twenty goal loss. Like that's hard to bounce back from. Twenty goals. But anyway, let me set the scene here. Jared Ham Matthew returned to kick a bag for Basso after a short stint playing with his dad at Coolbinia, who we mentioned last week or the week before. Wesley Curtin are up by three minutes with only three sorry, up by three points with only a couple minutes to go. Half backs, everyone's streaming forward. They're trying to go through the stoppage. Basso were just planning to seam through. They need to get the dub. In unbelievable scenes, landed in the hands of the full back Jake. Jalen Parsons, all right? He's about 60 out, 55, 60 out. I reckon the more this story is told, it's probably going to branch out over the next couple of years to 65, 70. But anyway, is he going to pass it off? Is he going to look for Hamer Matthew as a star all day? Nah, he's put the onus on himself. He goes back, kicks the absolute cover off the ball, gun barrel straight to put Basso in front. With 40 seconds to go, they hold on with a couple of stoppages inside. And that'll go down as one of their best wins, I reckon. And I believe they celebrated accordingly, which they should have. Brandon Higgins goes two as two as skipper. Jake Ricks also getting a bit of it. Huge result, Jake. I know I'm a bit rogue going with the reserves. I don't give the twos a lot of love, but that deserves a mention. And that's it for Where's Wally this week. Mate. That's awesome. Really well done to the Basso boys. Obviously started, um, I think they started 0-4. Um, yeah, I think they'd won. Yeah. So, so tough start for them. But look, that's the stuff we like to hear um, in our local footy. Again, we're going to have a quick break and we'll get into Wally Box. You can trade it all in for what's in this box. The box. The box. Cal, really good segment of Where's Wally. Always really good. And and as always, thank you very much to uh, the Construction Training Fund for looking after us and in the women's competition. Really, really important. It's growing every single week. Jumping into Wally Box, one of our favourite segments. Again, Paris has been lucky enough to, to stick around um, and help us out, but she's also locking up the change room, so she can't really <laughs> go anywhere else. Um, I believe you've got a couple of things for us, Paris. Yeah, first one, uh, Billy John's playing for Diane Morley, 14 goals, which uh, on the weekend was 13 more than Cow, so that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's really good gear. That's a really good start. Oh, well yeah, done, Paris. Well What's done, the we'll most goals you ever keep in the game, Paris? Uh, look, we'll move straight along to the yeah, next one, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big uh, fat one. We'll go with six because got, you kicked five the other week. I've got one here, Jake, and this is an interesting one because I probably know what my answer will be, but this is the, the question I'll put to both of you. The conceptual fact... Fact bot on Twitter at Little Scooty. He said, What's a better return for a half forward? 24 and 2, which, you know, that's pretty special. Jamie Burton did that on the weekend, or five snags. Dan Bartlett kicked those on the weekend. So, would you prefer Jake for someone who's probably, you know, 
lucky to kick one goal. Paris, you can either answer this. What would you prefer? Having 24 on two or kicking five snags? And you have to be pretty good to kick five snags. <laughs> nah, 24 and two is much better Mate, than Mate, 24 and two and a half forward, that's just unheard of. That's a, very, like, that's a Zach Fisher played like that yesterday. That's way better than kicking five. Paris, no, what do you reckon? 24 and two. You reckon? That's but that's just a ridiculous amount. And Who was on him? Yeah, no, he's running around making no, but like five snags is good. Like five <laughs> snags is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, moving on to that one. Um, <laughs> Eamon Lowry, one of the podcast uh, favourites, and, and he's a very loyal listener. Shout out to the Thornley Lions. So they went down to uh, to Thornley's home deck and um, played a game out there. They said incredible hospitality. It's a great game of football, but the post game was even better. They said tap beer really good, but. Don't just worry about that. It's the chips and gravy. He reckons it's the best the boys have ever tasted. Oh, I love hearing and that a, stuff, And a Jake. fair few of the boys went back for seconds. So, shout out to the Thornley Lions on putting on a really good spread. Very much like cricket, a lot of teams will rate yeah, clubs based on the yeah, canteen food. So, uni's probably last for a lot of people. <laughs> um, but good on them. Um, another one for me, shout out to Hannah Dawn and Sarah Campbell from West Coast Amateur Football Club, both reaching 50 games as well. Paris, what else you got for us? Uh, down at Hammersley, Kareen, Lexi Lindsay uh, kicking the winning goal, which I'm not sure if it was a buzzer beater, but if it was, that's probably one of the best things in a, in a game of sports to uh, kick or hit that buzzer beater. She is also a podcast favourite, Jake. Hasn't been on yet, but we have mentioned her a heap because uh, she can kick goals, Lexi. So well done to her. Stepped up to the occasion, which is really, really usually good just kick say. your goals when it's kind of a dead rubber and uh, what <laughs> against your mob. Yeah, <laughs> you walk right in that one. Yeah, All right, absolutely. this one's we haven't brought back stories from the lower grades for a couple of weeks, Jake. But this one I really enjoy because I think it's quite funny and getting a message message from Matt Power and I think I got it before we played actually. So I just had couldn't do anything but laugh. But I um, love this. Matt Power is a coach of our fifths, Paris and. Um, you know, it's the first time we've had a fifth side. But anyway, they've gone out to play Willerton. I'm, I'm assuming they're not playing at the usual. I think they play at Burrinder Reserve. So they might have been playing somewhere else. And anyway, the boys have all got there. Pretty keen for the game. You know, Matt's probably ready to psych them up. All right. So they get there. So where are the change rooms? And I think a, a Willerton official or someone there working at the ground has just decided to let him know, Law, sorry, we don't have change rooms for you. You're just going to have to pick a <laughs> pick a tree. So <laughs> really? <yeah. laughs> the boys, this is no word of a lie. The boys did their warm-up, did everything, got changed and everything under, under a tree. So, you know, that's probably the first we've heard of that, I think, in our time at the podcast, Jake. A very good story from the lower grades. Matty Power and the TA's boys. But good on to those boys. But they could have kicked up a fuss or, you yeah. know, made a, made a meal of it. Go, but get look, just, the, go get changed in the car. Go like, get changed there's, in a the few, car. there's always a few private spaces there if you need them. But, um, you know, apparently it was a good tree, Jake. It was a, I think it was a big gum tree, one of the, the bigger ones. Um, good branch coverage. Um, a lot of leaves this time of year, which is really, really good. So the boys really, you know, would dish something a little bit different, but it worked out nonetheless. And they, and they, <laughs> got, they, got, the, they got the W in the end as well. So congrats to Matty Power and, and those boys. Last couple um, to wrap the episode up. Uh, Brighton Shea from the Cool Up uh, C5 team. Kick 10. 10. Um, he's kicked yeah. nine multiple times in uh, in his footy career. Never able to get to the, the oh, double figures. Oh, first time double figured. Oh, well, kicked, that's, that's pretty uh, awesome. Kicked 10 snags. So really well done well, to Brighton Shea there. And uh, Before we mention that, I know who you're going to mention. Yeah. But I'm going to – okay, okay, because he is a podcast fan. But anyway, I've got a, I got a message come in, and this came from Scott Branch, and I believe he's the president of Canningvale, Canningvale Cougars. Yep. Um, and he was he's pretty wrapped. He's actually – he just wanted to give – like you know, he just wanted to let me know um, – and he messaged me during the week. He said, the government funding we're getting at Canning Vale for having an old codger like Nathan Hansen running around is actually benefiting the club massively. So 
it's good to see Nathan is not just bringing a great his son down to play football because I know you're going to pump him up there. But apparently they're getting some good government funding for having someone so old at the club. So Nathan, <laughs> you are doing your job. Well done, Matt. Well done to Nathan Hanson there, and, and we will give him a little shout out. Him and his son Ethan got to play a game together in the C1 League at Canning Vale. So and that um, was that was, and we do joke about Nathan Hanson, but that was his league debut at the Canning Vale Cougars, and he is uh, the ripe old age of 41. So that's pretty special to play with his son, who I can tell you right now, Ethan Hansen is a good footballer. He's running around the West Coast res- you know, Reserves at the moment. So would have been a special occasion for him, um, well, for both of them, actually. So it really was good to see. And we say all the jokes with love, Nathan. So thank well you. Well done, Nardo. That very special moment for you and Ethan and your family. And last one as we wrap it up. So Dave, I think I'm going to pronounce his name last name wrong, Aspinall. Aspinall? I probably yeah, that doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right. Um, from CBC, um, he said, hey, mate, have a lovely moment to share from the weekend. So this is from last weekend. Um, CBC, A-grade and Resi's both had a really big day out, 15 goal wins. Um, but it was the integrated game was playing after them as it often um, is at, at yep. Iris Barzacott as well. Um, and it was a ladies' day event with plenty of spectators down to watch. Um, the CBC integrated team um, won from being four goals down in the fourth. So they came roaring home. Oh, wow. Um, everyone got around them, banging on the signboards, to which they came down in front of everyone and sang the song just like they'd won the flag. Um, and everyone got around and they said it was oh, a very special that, moment. So Thank really well down to the integrated team down at CBC. Look, how we're 32 minutes into this podcast and that's usually about our that's limit. Yeah. Uh, we do appreciate Paris jumping on the podcast, uh, you know, staying half an hour, 45 minutes after training. I know you'd rather be home um, with your housemate, you know, putting put some <laughs> uh, teams together, prepping. But uh, we do well, appreciate no, we do, your we time. We do thank you, Paris. Thanks for, for joining us on the pod. No worries. Thanks for having me. Calamoli, appreciate you as always. Everyone, best of luck this weekend and always get local.